Welcome to EG's Voice of the Region. I'm Jim Larkin. I'm a regional researcher with EG and I'll be continuing our voyage of discovery to find out what the commercial real estate market is like in a particular corner of the UK with one of the standout performers from the Radius On Demand rankings acting as a guide. And when I say corner, I mean it literally this time as we're off to Cornwall. Um, it's a county everyone knows and loves as a holiday destination. Uh, but what's it like as a place to do business at the sharp end of the market forces surrounding commercial property? Well, the company best place to answer that that is Miller Commercial, which is absolutely powering ahead in the Cornwall on-demand rankings. So I'm very pleased to be joined by partner Tom Smith. Tom, hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, all very well. Very well. Good stuff. Um, now, um, firstly, can you just do a bit of an introduction to Miller Commercial? Um, how long has it been around? What range of services do you offer? Um, how big's the team there? And where tend to be the geographic hotspots for deals? Fine. Uh, God, well, the, the roots go back decades um and we share a we share a name with uh with some residential arms as well but we're a totally independent firm of uh, surveyors i think we must be in our 27th year now of independent ownership um focus or based headquartered in truro but covering the whole of devon and cornwall um yeah and focusing really along the main the main spinal roads through both devon and cornwall through the south hams um into the main industrial towns but as far as land's end to the west and over to i suppose wiltshire in the east as well so uh, yeah quite a wide coverage excellent okay um now um coming back to the summer of 2020 when foreign holidays were off limits um i think pretty much the entire commercial property industry uh decamped to cornwall um and i imagine everyone um had a moment of existential awakening when they thought what am i doing with my life uh why can't i live here rather than in the big old city um and then they kind of went home and slowly forgot about it um but you're <laughs> one of the few people who've actually made that transition a reality um how did that come about and how does life compare back to when you were working in London? Well I'd like to say that I predicted that Covid was coming, you know, got, a, got ahead of the curve. Um, very shrewd. But yeah thank you. <laughs> uh, no the reality is um, I've, I've known Cornwall all my life, um, lucky enough to, to always come down here on uh, you know family holidays so I've always had a pretty pretty good knowledge of it um, but I'd say it's just a happy case of serendipity. Um, I'm training at BNP Paribas, I met my uh, my future wife, we were both graduates of the same scheme, um, turned out, lo and behold, she came from Cornwall. And uh -huh. uh, as is a very well-trodden route for anybody <laughs> getting getting involved with a Cornish girl, as you find yourself, uh, you find yourself <laughs> going southwest. So it was, a, it was a joint plan that had been long in the making. Um, and uh, it, it's, well, I mean, everything from just life to, to the business world, it, yeah, it, it is very, very different. The, the fundamentals of the job, uh, are very different but the lifestyle is you know it's it's incomparable um you know we used to find ourselves walking out of our of our flat in southwest london and you know without trying hard you drop 50 quid and you know the joy of the joy of the southwest is it's you know it's free there's there's miles of open free coastline beaches the water um the moors to get involved and there's loads to explore there's loads of places to go and uh, yeah, life is life is cheap, which is which is wonderful. 
Excellent, lovely. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the kind of positives that came out of the whole lockdown process is that people started talking about well-being a lot more and taking it more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like your own well-being's benefited from, you know, spending the last couple of years in Cornwall rather than, than in a big city? Yeah, it's something I thought a lot about, actually. Um because I think when we when we moved down here, it's yeah, it really wasn't the buzzword that it was. Um, and yeah, I, I spent a long time contemplating it. And yeah, I would say yes, it certainly is. Um, we don't have that um, the you know the drudgery that we we had to endure in London of the commute. And I know that's it's very easy for me to say these things now. At the time, it didn't bother me. Um, but but looking back now, you know, I saved myself. Um, two hours a day without having to, to commute on the northern line um, in close proximity to everybody and the stresses and pressures that brings with it um, and down here um, it, life has its challenges wherever you are um, throw a couple of kids into the mix and a uh, busy work um, yeah busy work pattern which we are we're, we're flat out most of the time we don't have peaks and troughs it is it's busy busy and it has been since I've been down here so yeah that comes with its own pressures but i tell you what the, the ability to to stretch your eyes um over the coast down at the beach on the water um is is one of the best remedies for for ever feeling uptight about life be it professional or personal so i feel very uh, i feel very blessed to uh, to have that on my doorstep good stuff okay um and i mean the big question i guess is have you learned to surf yet <laughs> i'm teaching myself i'm teaching <laughs> teaching myself i mean to yeah to complete the cliche um yes i'm teaching myself to, to to surf um and to fish and to sail um we've got a couple of chickens running around in the garden i mean it couldn't be yeah more of a more of a cliche from moving from the city down to the southwest but um but yeah we're getting there <laughs> now i tried it once it's, it's harder than they make out but anyway yeah i know um, youtube makes it look very very simple as yeah. it does most things but um yeah it's a yeah a big lad like me is not designed for <laughs> balancing <laughs> on small balls <laughs> okay on some more serious matters um the cornish economy um is very different to most parts of the uk in that it's kind of you know very big on tourism and agriculture um and i guess less strong on things like financial or legal services which are critical in most big cities um how does that kind of affect the cre market in terms of the overall balance of the type of properties you you tend to be instructed on yeah uh, it's an interesting point it's um it is probably as diverse as you could imagine in terms of um yeah the, the, the real estate market down here and what it offers um there are there is a growing trend and it's well it's well documented now in terms of tech design engineering um you know space engineering marine engineering all these sectors are growing um which is putting pressure on the local market because for many many years it has been undersupplied with with what the market needs which is good quality fit for purpose uh, business units be that office be that uh, light industrial warehouse um and it, yeah, I would say that it has been hampered and the ability for the, the economy down here to grow is limited by some of that infrastructure. Um, but saying that, you look around the local the local professional markets and the majority of the offices are full. Um, they are they're fully occupied. There is certainly no oversupply of in any one sector. So, you know, despite everything that's sort of been thrown at the economy over the last four or five years, um you know things are things are in really pretty pretty good stead um i mean there is the we'll get on to i'm sure the sort of the historical legacy of 
the heavy industry um, that we've had down here. And of course, that's transition now to a much more tertiary market um, in terms of you know, what is what is being output. Um, but there are some, you know, there's some, there's some very, very interesting businesses, small, growing and well established um, that are down here. But we are still hampered by the fact that we don't have the product um, to offer a lot of these businesses and spaces at a premium. Mm. Is that starting to change? I mean, it, with all that demand, are developers starting to build? Yeah, it is. Um, and you can probably tell me sort of, you know, what the, what the pattern is like in other, other parts of the country. But, you know, what we've certainly seen down here and to pick one market, which is the, the industrial logistics market um, or light industrial uh, logistics markets, um, demand has far exceeded supply for, for the last four years. And that's put upward pressure on rents um, to a point where it is now profitable. It is, despite bill costs, it is still um, what well, is now profitable. It is now attractive to start developing property, um, mm. which it hasn't been for many years. And you don't have to go too far back in time till just about every single development down here was part funded by EU funding, Objective One funding, because um, despite most people's associations with the county it is still a county which is uh, challenged by lower than average income a lot of mm. social issues um and yeah and so, so historically there just hasn't been that kind of that, that kind of development down here but now you know we are seeing we certainly have to you know the last couple of years the growth of marine engineering the, the spaceport at Newquay for example um the the, the growth of the, of the Falmouth university um, and the various business hubs that have grown up around there you know it's supplying so many really good quality occupiers looking for space that yeah now developers are looking and uh you know landowners are looking at developing land which is hopefully going to ease the bottleneck mm, perfect excellent okay um now i'm kind of looking at the, the leisure side of things um yeah. cornwall it wasn't exactly unknown as a you know a holiday destination <laughs> prior to 2020 um but I mean, how much did lockdown help that, that tourism industry in terms of the number of visitors you got and you know, the prices that hotel or holiday homeowners were able to command? Um, and do you think the kind of, you know, the, the prices that those prices are here to stay? Did you try and get down here over that time? No, I went to no. Norfolk instead. Oh, <laughs> but I did, look, I, did, I did look at Cornwall, but yeah, I couldn't afford it. <laughs> well, that's it. Exa that's exactly what I was expecting you to say. Um, and I think that was most people's um, experience of possibly over the last couple of years. Um, like 2020 was, well, you know, the first three quarters, two thirds of 2020 were a write off, um, you know, repeated lockdowns, you know, general, general and understandable concern and fear from people. Um, but yeah, 2021, um, you know, was an, was an absolutely bumpy year, in, you know, reporting to some of our clients and campsites were up by 40 to 50 percent. Um, you know, and that was with 20% less staff. So, I mean, there was there was a yeah, huge, huge take up there in that in that leisure side, and the hotel side. The greatest challenge for most of these leisure providers were being able to be able to supply with staff that were constantly either being pinged or, you know, having to isolate um, through COVID. Um, yeah, prices did rightly or wrongly. I'm sure there were some opportunistic um owners of private property that thought yeah here we go chance to make a buck but i think for a lot of businesses it was a case of we have to we have to manage this demand somehow and the only way of doing that is, is prices go up um so yeah 2021 is a really good year uh we're we're still yeah we're, we're seeing what's going to happen ahead in 2022 it will always be a blip 
it will always be a really good blip in terms of owners down here. Um, is that going to remain? Um, no, I suspect it will tail off as international travel becomes a bit more appealing again and possible. Um, but yeah, and then prices in the market will dictate where prices go. Um, but it was, yeah, it was phenomenal, I have to say. It was, I felt sorry for a lot of people that came down here looking for that rural ideal <laughs> and, you know, it, it taking you two hours to get from Padstow to St Ives or, or something like that, sitting in traffic the whole time, which is exactly why you left the city in the first place. So it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> OK, I mean, so do you, has that kind of inspired a, a sense of confidence in the sector? I mean, are you starting yeah. to see more hotel and leisure developments being built? Yeah, in fact, it's, it's probably the, the most exciting mm. um, sector that's down here. And, you know, if it's not necessarily visible to the market, it's happening off market. Um, and we're involved in yeah, a number of um, high profile transactions where developers are now looking at established sites. Um, you know, got anybody that's had a field would have taken advantage to turn it into a, a temporary campsite, but you know, irrelevant really in what the the, the more macro trend is, uh, which are now yet yeah, developers and owners are, are re-examining the, the the leisure sites, the campsites, and really trying to maximise the uh, yeah what the what planning will permit them. And that's going for the high end of the market. Um, so you'll probably see fewer um, yeah, traditional campsites and you will see a growth in more static homes, lodges, um, you know, the glamping, really looking at the, the higher end there of the market where prices are premium and and the payback is uh, the payback is yeah, it is significant. So it's um yeah, it, it's quite a quite an exciting time for anybody that's involved in the leisure sector. Um Certainly, and you know we're, we're anticipating that to, to remain over the next uh, the next few years. Certainly, good stuff. Okay, uh, okay. Moving on to industrial then. Um, yeah. You touched on earlier. Um, you know, traditionally Cornwall was associated with mining and heavy industry. Um, what's the kind of picture these days? I mean, which are the subsectors that are doing well, and what what type of property demands do they have? There's such a range. It's I tell you, it's fascinating, and it's one of the parts of this job that I've always loved, actually. Is uh, is listening to businesses and and individuals with ideas, entrepreneurs, um, and and their demands and their you know the myriad demands that they have are you know as wide as they are long. It's it's you know it's, it really is interesting to see uh, what's going on out there. But what is big at the minute? Anything food and drink. Cornwall has a stamp of approval when it comes to food and drink. Um, you know, blame Mr. Stein if you want to, but you know, it's you know anything that comes out of Cornwall now with that stamp on it instantly is recognised as a sign of quality, and that's just not that's not nationally, that's internationally as well. Um, that Cornish brands are, are well well regarded. So yeah, anything food and drink is is doing very well. Um, I touched on it that um, the engineering side of things, you know, in largely Cornwall is bookended by two deep sea ports, Plymouth being you know, an enormous trading port there and Falmouth being the third deepest uh, natural harbour in the in the world. So you've got these two fantastic assets at either end of the county. Uh, well, Falmouth's midway, I suppose, but it's, uh, you know, the, 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 the potential there for renewable energy. We're speaking to a number of businesses that are involved in you know, the both the renewable um, tidal wave energy projects, um, but also including um, data provision for the coast, um, but also then looking at the historical 
um, connotations that uh, the legacy that Cornwall has, which is mining. Mm. And uh, I, I, again, along with leisure, this is the most fascinating part of the economy down here at the moment, which is with the growth of um, the well, electric cars, mobile phones, everything now that is the, the technology that requires precious metals. And by that, I'm not meaning gold and silver, I mean copper, tin um, and lithium. And by the quirk of Cornwall's geography, we have all three down here and very high quality as well. It's hard to get to, um, but it is uh, in terms of the quality of, of the product, it's, it's very, very high. And there has been a resurgence in uh, in that market and it's been well documented. Um, there are companies out there, Cornish Lithium, Cornish Tin, um, that are looking at new ways of mining, more sustainable methods of mining. They're going to have to be, there's no open cast mining that's ever going to be permitted again. So, you know, it has to be sensitive to the, um, yeah, to the, the, the local ecology um, population as well as everything else. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it is quite an exciting prospect, as well as the new type of mining, which is energy, geothermal. Yeah, which I would absolutely categorise in that in that sector. And there are in the pipeline a minute four different geothermal plants coming down here in Cornwall. Between them, they have the capacity to power and heat 45,000 homes in the region. You know, and this is this really is just the forefront. This is this is the vanguard um, of you know an industry which is clearly going one way. And if it can prove the or improve itself to be profitable. Um, then, and I have no doubt that it will do, we're going to see more and more of that um, down here, and that will be the benchmark for the rest of the country to follow. Well, that's fascinating. I had no idea kind of mines were still, or mining was still even a thing in Cornwall. I thought that was kind of centuries old. Yeah, and I think most people do. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, we, thanks to the likes of De Maurier and Paul Dark stories, etc., we do, we consign that to a you know, a historical period of time, um, but actually, no, it's it's live, and it's not a case that all the minerals have been extracted from the county. It's it's there. Um, it's just getting to it um, and employing modern techniques. Um, you know, we're hoping that, well, and expecting there to be quite a quite a resurgence in it. Sure. Okay. And I mean, on the energy side of things as well. I mean, how important is are there universities in the county mm. and kind of you know jointly developing research and producing graduates <clears throat> that can work in that field? Yeah, they're brilliant. Um, you know, jointly between both University of Plymouth uh, to the east and then Falmouth University, which incorporates um, part of Exeter as a campus, but it also has the uh, the Camborne School of Mines, which in terms of mining colleges is probably still world renowned for the the quality of the the, the undergraduates that it and graduates that it turns out. Um, so yes, they are critical. And again, Falmouth University have um, launched in a slightly different sector, but uh, there's, a, there's a degree now there called the Launchpad. And Launchpad is a specific degree aimed at um, providing and guiding startup businesses with a degree behind them and launching them out there with, with new ideas. Um, and a lot of it is focused on the tech and the media uh, side of things. And so, yeah, again, we're seeing a slight tangent there from, from the mining, but uh, lots of great quality little businesses that are coming out, and it's specifically through what the the university is doing there in Falmouth. 
Great stuff. Okay. Um, now, um, on the um, food and drink side of things that you mentioned, um, I've done quite a lot of research on this, and I can tell you that Cornwall's IPAs are excellent. <laughs> um, how you know, big a deal is the brewing industry down there? Because it seems like there's loads of them. Yeah, there are. It's, uh, again, we could talk for hours here because, you know, yet another really interesting um, and intriguing mm. part of the, of the market down here. Um, Two of probably the best known brands of ale in the country being turned out by St. Austell Brewery and Sharps Brewery. So St. Austell on the south coast, uh, Sharps on the north coast, um, both now with international uh, reach and reputation. And that has spurned off the back of it that uh, a host of microbreweries, and I know microbrewing is not unique down here to Cornwall, but there is something about that brand. Again, I've already said it once that things that come out of Cornwall have that already assumed um, stamp of quality about it. But uh, yeah, there are, there are, there are <laughs> there's, there's loads of little breweries going. And again, that's, that's another great source of demand um, and looking for, yeah, again, good usable units. Uh, they don't need to be top spec or anything, but good basic units. Uh, and we're seeing some you know, award-winning beers coming out on a, on a you know on an annual basis. There seems to be more coming out, which is great. And gin, don't forget, it's not just beer <laughs> distilling. It's uh, you know we've got goodness knows four or five award-winning gin distillers down here. That, you know you could probably pinpoint the gin revolution is sort of you know again from coming coming from down this part of the world and spreading around the country again. Um, it's a couple of the yeah the biggest known brands come from down here. Uh, so yeah it's uh again fascinating to, to to see and experience happy days okay yeah stuff. absolutely okay um looking kind of within the logistics or rather within industrial um in most regions it's kind of been you know logistics and warehousing that's been the, the booming part of it is that kind of big in Cornwall because I mean I'm guessing geographically it's not the first choice or the most obvious place that you'd you know put a big distribution plant no um we're a peninsula therefore you know we are we're waterlocked aren't we so i totally understand that yeah big um, distribution hubs are not going to be what we're known for we'll leave those to the m4 and the m5 corridors mm. um but um yes it's, it's the last mile delivery which yeah. has had a huge impact down here and yeah every single franchisee or indeed the main provider themselves have taken up hubs down here uh, Amazon are, you know, a big occupier down here. Um, they're looking for more space, uh, and I know that a number of other the um, the logistics markets the occupiers are are looking down here. Again, our challenge is now is trying to find trying to find the sites because uh, mm. they, they they are they they just you know are so hard to find. And one of the problems that we do have is that uh, you know where sites might exist is they they do have this historical um, you know mining connotation and connection, which means that land is either contaminated or you know has structural issues which make development difficult but um but yeah no, the distribution market i'd say is probably one of the biggest take-ups over the last three or four years okay excellent okay um right okay moving on to the offices then um what kind of and you mentioned it briefly earlier um what kind of shape is the sector in um where are the key developments and what kind of level of headline rent rents are you getting okay yeah um <laughs> de development not a lot Mm -hmm. of speculative office development um, is is highly limited where demand is greatest is for small units and for that i mean less than 2,000 square feet um, and there is a there is a healthy 
demand for pre-existing stock of anything underneath 2,000 square feet. Above that, demand is limited. Uh, there are the biggest uh, office occupiers down here, certainly in the um, public sector, the NHS. Mm. The not-for-profit sector is, is very big down here, actually. Um, and yeah, a lot of the deals that we've done over the last few years are quasi NHS or publicly funded care bodies. Um, you know, I touched on the, some of the social issues that the county has. Um, and yeah, so there is a there is a large demand for care provision down here. And of course, they need office space. Um, and that's been one of our, our biggest sources of demand. But yeah, I would say there is virtually no speculative office development at the moment. Prime rents, £12 a square foot, and difficult to difficult to develop at £12 a square foot to make it generally profitable, especially as building costs are on the up and yeah, land values are on the up as well. Um, so as concerns and threats for the future, that, that is one that I would that I would look at. Um, but it is also one of the appeals for being down here. And in terms of occupiers, there's a number of much larger organisations that have their call centre uh, telephone handling teams down here because the cost of employment is low and the cost of office is low. So where they can find office actually is a very good place for a larger national organisation to base a regional team uh, to do their sales or you know, whatever they need to do um, down here because yeah, you know, there are plenty of people um, and as I say the costs cost for doing so are, are not so great. Sure. Okay. I mean, just in terms of development generally, whether it's office or industrial, um, is does the fact that Cornwall is quite, you know, is full of lovely countryside and quite unspoiled, does that make it harder to get planning to develop sites? Yeah, I think I think logic would say that that is a that's a fair comment. Um, it's where I think the, the local authority down here is very aware uh, of of what it is, um, and I suppose where there is development, we will always be all the the commercial market is going to be priced out by the residential market. So yeah, there are and there is plenty of residential development going on. Is it enough? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. You know, we're not alone in our challenges on the in the residential market and supplying enough um, accommodation. Um, the, you know, is it a particular challenge to development? Yeah, I'd say I'd say it is. It's it's you know yeah good quality developable land that is in close enough proximity to the main trunk roads, which is there's only one. It's a the A30 that comes down the spine of Cornwall. You need to be on that. To do anything about it and that is where most development is happening along that, that main trunk road that leads from yeah, Oakhampton all the way down to its Penzance now. Sure okay um, now um, how's the retail sector fared over the past couple of years I mean you kind of had all these extra visitors combined with fairly low tier restrictions back when yeah. tiers back when tiers were even a thing um, yeah. has this made it more resilient than, than other parts of the country? In some ways, I would say yes. Um, it's it has been. Um, I mean, I can't I can't comment. I suppose on you know what things are like in the northeast or northwest sure. in terms of the retail. We yeah you know, we we're suffering from the same macro trends certainly. Um, lots of the the larger retailers that have suffered over the last few years. Um, you know they've left big holes on the high street, 
And you know, that's been our challenge is to try and get those relet and think about ways of you know how you know units that were once occupied by larger Woolworth type occupiers, you know, how, how do you break those up? How do you find occupiers? How do you find a different use for those units? But on the small side, and a lot of Cornish towns do benefit from uh, small retail units. And you know, if you were to go into many of the towns at the moment, you wouldn't realise there's a particular challenge to the high street because all the units are full. And uh, there has been a um, a trend back to local shopping, and we see that. And of course, I suppose there is a benefit that, you know, as a, an area that does well out of tourism, there are plenty of tourism or tourist related shops, be that food and drink or general retail. Um, so uh, yeah, I would say that the retail market is in the most part pretty healthy, and we have seen more demand for towns like Newquay, Penzance, Liscard, um, Bodmin, which are towns that have struggled over the last the last decade uh, since the financial crash. But we're seeing yeah more demand for those towns now, uh, and they are largely from local and regional occupiers. That, that know the market, they know the local market, they know they can do well with their particular product or their particular service line, um, and they're mopping up where some of the larger multinationals have um, have, have vacated. Okay, I mean, I guess most outsiders kind of experience Cornwall in the summer when the streets are very, you know, busy and bustling. Um, how different are the are the high streets on a you know a, a wet <laughs> February afternoon like today when I guess there aren't many tourists about? <laughs> Well, yeah, we were just talking about it before, but the storms that are coming in, I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty well guaranteed that all the streets are going to be empty uh, as the next wave of storms come across. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, quite frankly, I, I could do without January. Um, I'm sure most people could as well. It's, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's also fortunate, uh, fortunate that plenty of businesses down here can shut up in January and February, knowing that they've got a good, strong spring, summer autumn season ahead and i think that's something that we have seen is it's the length of the season has has grown it's not just about july and august really it's it's april may june july august september and october to the end of the half term there it's a you know it's a good long season now so yeah plenty of businesses do take the opportunity to shut up in in january and february refurbish upgrade uh, relocate do what they need to um to get themselves uh, to get themselves ready but yeah i i, I do have the odd moment <laughs> of walking along <laughs> certain high streets and uh, and it does you you do expect to see the tumbleweed uh, <laughs> go across <laughs> okay all right well anyway uh, regardless of you know the, the challenges um miller mm. commercial is racked up some very impressive figures on the radius rankings um more than 220,000 square feet transacted across 97 deals in 2021 um which puts you absolutely miles in front of the rest of the radius community um what do you put that success down to We've got we've got a, a team here and you know an ethos in the companies that you know we we're, we're, we're trying to be proactive in in what we do. Um, we we have a, a very good well-established client base uh, that you know we have developed and you know all the staff have good long-standing relationships with their clients. So there's a lot of good repeat business there, um, which you know which which certainly stands us in, in very good stead. Um, we have invested heavily in our IT, which even before the pandemic, we were making or we were taking steps to allow much more flexible working, working from home, working on the go, um, on the hoof, as it were, uh, to yeah, to, to allow 
people to be more efficient with their time. And, you know, that's something that we have we've tried to be, you know, at the forefront in doing is empowering and enabling staff to, you know, you don't have to be chained to your desk to do your job well. Um, and, you know, that's an ethos that we've, we've had and we're, we're pushing forward. Um, you know, I think we have probably been better at doing the things that we have done well anyway um, to, to get to, to where we are now and in, in how we uh, in how we do things. Um, but like I said that that is a lot of investment in in our systems here. We we invested heavily in our website over the last few years ago. We are just now um, replacing our CRM system to make our client contact, our customer contact, better and a better experience for everybody that we're dealing with. Um, and it's things like that that allow us, I think, to to process the the amount of inquiries we have, the amount of clients that we have, the amount of instructions that we have. And uh, yeah, it means that you know we can look really positively to to growing, to expanding. Um, you know, we see Devon as a you know we're not just a Cornish company. Yes, we're headquartered down here in Truro, and the majority of the work is done in in Cornwall. But we have a very large management arm, and I'd say it's probably 50-50 now is to our management work, which is done out of the county, as it's done within Cornwall. Um, and so you know, for us, that's a, that's a real growth opportunity. Uh, over over the years ahead. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Looking ahead, then. I mean, as we for the rest of this year, as we hopefully we emerge from the pandemic. What are your What are your plans? I mean, what do you think the hot sectors are going to be? Uh, without doubt, we we touched on it. The leisure side of things. This mm. is uh, yeah. It is. It's you know. It's a really exciting market. Um, you know, probably depend it deserves its own podcast. To be honest with you, <laughs> uh, just to just to talk about what's going on there. Um, and I say a lot of it probably the market won't be aware of. It's the things that will be done off market, but the investment into that level is, into that sector is going to be pretty significant, we see, um, which is, again, has great, great connotations for, for the rest of the local economy. Um, so that is, that's a definite hotspot. Industrial will remain um, hot. The challenge there is supplying new product. And if we can get new products online, if developers will develop and can develop in a in a reasonable timescale, that's great news. Um, and yeah, we, we're going to see you know, our forecasters are seeing that continue um, over over the short to certainly medium term, um, unless there's any other sort of macroeconomic shifts that you know, we can't do anything about. Um, and then development. Um, we have it's been one of our strongest arms that you know i probably haven't talked about it enough is yeah land sale for for residential it's a it's still a big uh big sector the challenge of finding plots getting them making them deliverable um and then yeah getting 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 development started uh but that is a that's the side that i see is going to grow dramatically over over the years ahead Okay, um, and how much kind of untapped potential do you think is out there to, for Cornwall to develop, kind of beyond its, the, you know, the seasonal leisure side of things, uh, into more higher value uh, yeah. sectors like science and technology? Because okay. um, you know it's got this, you know, the lifestyle that occupiers are after, and I think kind of if lockdowns proved anything, it's that location isn't that important. You don't have to be yeah. anywhere else, go to London or whatever. Um, how far can that go? Um, to be cheesy, the sky's the limit, um, <laughs> and, it, and it is because there are sectors like space technology, Newquay Spaceport. There uh, is is a resource which is so underutilized. It's one of the longest runways in Europe, let alone in the country. Um, you know, which means that it is perfectly well placed to 
to develop space travel, vertical horizontal, excuse me, um, takeoff for uh, and for space travel, which is again a hugely exciting sector and will bring with it all sorts of support services. I mean, there are 55 space companies based in Cornwall already. Wow. And I, again, I suspect nobody knows that. Um, that, yeah, people would probably expect yeah, space technology to be either focused, in, as you, you know, we talked about once before, sort of the, the Oxford-Cambridge arc or in some other far-flung corner of the country. But no, we have, we have the Goonhilly Earth Station down here, which has been, what was that now, 80, 80 years in the going, maybe not quite, 60 years actually, sorry, 60 years in the making. Um, and, you know, it's at the forefront, I think, of telecommunications and um, between or across Atlantic. Now, that's coupled with nuclear spaceport, for example, has got a huge potential uh, for new businesses to be down here, uh, tapping into you know, the infrastructure that's already there for those industries. Um, and, you know, as we've already touched on, the sort of the marine and other engineering process, um, um, sectors it's if the signs are there the shoots are there and you know sectors that we, we we really do see is 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 developing significantly exciting okay yeah. good stuff yeah. um i was gonna say yeah we've mentioned housing a couple of times um and we hear a lot about kind of you know young people not being able to get houses because of all those second homes in the area um how much is that an issue in terms of attracting a you know sort of a young skilled workforce uh, yeah it is it is a challenge Without doubt, and, you know, I've got friends who who are struggling to get into the housing market because, again, the stock just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it will prove a barrier. There are, I mean, there are various big developments going on. There's a, you know, great big one on the edge of Newquay, developing a whole new village uh, on the edge of on the edge of Newquay, for example, to deliver 15,000 new homes there. Um, and you know, that that's fantastic, but it is still going to be a barrier for anybody looking to, to move down here. There is probably a reasonable supply in the low end, but it's that middle sector. And I think it's young families that are going to find themselves mm. in the greatest challenge, uh, trying to find accommodation that you know, works for them, is in a, is in a location that is you know, acceptable to them. Because of, although we know we all can work from home, I think the trend that we have seen is that people want to be back at the office if not 100% of the time, but, you know, certainly part. And one of the challenges down here is that we have only a couple of main roads. There's only one dual carriageway that goes throughout the county. Um, There is a limited train service. There is a limited bus service. Um, It's a hilly place, so not that easy to cycle around unless you're doing it for leisure, in which case it's wonderful. Um, (laughs) But it's so, you know, so having housing in the right locations near the main uh, business areas around Truro, um, Red Ruth, Camborne, um, you know, that, that central spine um, of Cornwall. Um, so, yeah, it, it will prove a challenge, no doubt. Sure. OK. Um, what would you like to see the government do um, that would, you know, really help out the, the commercial real estate market locally? I think in different sectors, different different things, I suppose. Mm. The change already, um, the, the change to Class E has helped. And we've seen that and we touched upon the, the high street earlier. Uh, and you know we have seen demand from from sectors that probably wouldn't have been able to trade on the high street before coming to the fore, which is which is great. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, easing planning. Mm. It's a very easy thing to say, and I'm not a planning expert, um, but yes, to to allow development, to permit development, 
while obviously remaining conscious of where we are, how the development is done, um, et cetera, is, yeah, is, is clearly important. Uh, but that's, yeah, for, for me, that's the biggest thing. Business rates, again, it deserves and it has had, I know, its own podcasts, but, um, and there's been loads of chat about it, but an overall of the business rates um, is going to have a big impact on what we can do with town centres. Um, so, yeah, for me, those are those are the two things where I know that they can have um, they can have a, an instance and you know, dramatic effect. And we've seen it with Class E um, and, you know, the the ongoing um, subsidies there or discounts, call it what you will, for, for business rates. But I know that retailers are looking ahead and they're thinking, great, this is OK for the next 12, 18 months. But where are we from there? Um, there, there is no guarantee of where, where business rates are going to be um, in the in the more medium to long term. Sure. OK. Um, thinking even bigger than, you know, government, uh, if you had a magic wand and money was no issue, um, what, what would kind of really help out Cornwall? <laughs> uh, it depends who you talk to in Cornwall. I'm sure there are some, <laughs> there are some down here that would probably ask you to increase the, the width of the River Tamar by, by a mile. <laughs> um, just to, yeah. Um, but where does, where does Cornwall, where does, where does it struggle? It is the, it's the social side. Um, sadly, it's um, there is there is such a um, such a polar difference between the very wealthy um, that are able to live uh, in wonderful, beautiful, reclusive or dramatic places around the whole coastline and and the moors internally, compared to some of the town centres, which like other regions in the country have suffered with the decline of heavy industry and they've never really recovered and uh, yeah and it is that disparity there on the social side and we see it and I've mentioned earlier that one of the biggest demand sectors we have is from the social care side of things um, and that there is a real need um, so yeah if, if there's a magic wand it would be to address those issues that we have um, that are yeah endemic I think in, uh, in in some of the towns down here. Sure, good stuff. Okay, um, we're almost running out of time. Um, mm. So just finally, um, you're signed up as a data partner of Radius, which means you can kind of demonstrate to the you know wider world how you're doing compared to the rest of the Radius community. Um, how have you incorporated that into your workflow, and how useful are you finding it? It's a, it's a it's, it's a really good tool. Uh, I've been impressed. It's um, it's what it's what it should be now because I think for too long we've everyone's been filling out databases and spreadsheets um you know long hand and shorthand uh this is a you know it's a sort of revolutionary tool which is great um you know allows us to benchmark ourselves to what's going on both in this region but of course you know other parts of the, the country as well there's a lot more visibility on who's doing what and what's what's happening in other parts of the country um yes you know incorporating the sort of data uploads um and is is, is another is another <laughs> another task to perform uh during the day um but it's yeah it's, it's certainly manageable there's there's no there's no there's no issue there at all but yeah we're i'm, I'm pleased to be part of it and pleased to see uh please see what's going on good stuff glad to hear it okay well on that note um i think we'll bring things to a close uh tom thank you ever so much for your time that was really interesting no my pleasure jim good thanks for the call